All right, we just finished the show. I pick up my phone and the notification comes in. Ding. They just called the Bengals, Bills, and No Show. We just went the whole show talking about like the, but maybe this, that, or the other, and, and like how they need to call it. <laughs> so you'll hear about all this later. But like literally the moment we end to record, I pick up my phone and I'm just like, what the heck? What? <laughs> we, 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 why was this an hour sooner? <laughs> All right, so the the Ravens will not win the division. They are, I think, they're not going to rest players for sure. Like I, I'm, I'm calling rest. I'm calling rest, and I'm calling a conservative game plan. Um, and I'm going to say all this still happens, though. All my bold okay. predictions. Anyone want to change their bold prediction? Uh, instead <laughs> oh, of Marcus good. Williams getting the pick six, it's going to be Geno Stone. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, so Geno I, I Stone doubt Burrow's going to throw out 400, uh, 400 yards like I was predicting, but. Maybe it'll be one of those you play hard for a quarter and then just send the starters to rest. I know the Bengals. He gets four hundred yards in a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> they like go backwards and oh, forwards man. and hope that it counts for more yardage. It's like Might actual be. yards, right? Well, you got to make up for that extra game of stats. As his stats don't look so good compared against guys <laughs> who've had the extra game. Oh, oh man. Uh, I'd, I'd say against last year's uh, secondary, it would have been totally possible for Burrow to to get 400 in a quarter. And that's personally why I don't think his performance was terribly impressive uh, last year. He really should have gotten 2,000 yards instead of 500. So, but. Oh, man. All right. So I'm going to throw all this in. Out of curiosity, where are you seeing this? I, I don't. I got it on the it. sleeper notification. The sleeper sent that? Okay. Yeah. NFL just announced I, the Bengals Bills will be a no contest. Yeah, I hmm. see an NBC Sports. I know there were rumors earlier today, but they refused yeah. to confirm anything. So. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't. I don't see any other way that they were going to do it. Uh, we were talking about it a little bit after we recorded on on Tuesday of like what how it even makes sense from a competitive balance standpoint. And I think what we uh, landed on was was what did we say, guys? It was like they'd play Week 18, and then Bills Bengals would have been on Thursday night following that, and then whoever the those the Bills and Bengals played and wild card would have to go to Wednesday the next week. Like we said, it was something the Raven and the NFL would definitely not want to do. <laughs> yeah. Like they would have to have but, like weekday <laughs> games or stuff. Like, I imagine. So, <sighs> all right. Well, there you go. This is at the beginning of the show. Now you can listen to the rest of the show, which will start now. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, just me now. Um, got off the call and I realized there's a press release now and it does seem like the Ravens do have a chance of having a home playoff game but by a little bit of a slim chance uh, it says if we beat Cincinnati in week 18 um, we'll beat them twice but because of the way the win percentages go you know we wouldn't we wouldn't technically have won the division however if we do play them so if Baltimore does find a way to play Cincinnati in the wild card they will flip a coin about who will host the game and uh, if not the game sites would be determined by regular scheduling procedures. So it sounds like if we run into them some other way, uh, which would probably be pretty unlikely, we'll play them in Cincinnati. So there you have it. Now, back to the show previously recorded before any of this was known. Our apologies. Welcome back to One Winning Pod where we have a little bit more clarity on what's going on, but not full clarity on what's going on. The good news is, and the first thing we want to talk about is uh, DeMar Hamlin is having some pretty positive uh, news out of his camp, so to speak. seems like he's able to write and communicate that way at the moment. Uh, we got brain function. We got 
better breathing, you know, out of his sleep, just like super great news with his family holding hands. And uh, that I think was a big relief to hear earlier today. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday night. So uh, yeah, like that was uh, some really good news since the last time we talked to you all. Yeah. I mean, definitely uh, some positive news today, at least from what we're being given. Um, I think still uh, everyone should probably keep in Hamlin in their prayers and thoughts and just still pulling that he makes a, a full recovery. But some of the news we heard today, definitely way more encouraging um, than where we stood. Uh, just even just last time when we were recording two days ago, uh, it seemed a lot like uh, a lot more questions, we should say. Um, but yeah, as, as far as we know, um, week 18 is going on as scheduled. And that means that the Ravens will be playing the Bengals currently, uh, as of recording this on Thursday at 8.14 p.m. The Ravens and Bengals will be playing at 1 p.m. Uh, but as we know, that, that could change. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. But we've got uh, our, our good Bengals friend, uh, our best Bengals friend, I guess we could say, Justin back here <laughs> once again uh, to talk about his team. who That's been... Uh, yeah, it's been surging since uh, we last saw you guys. You know, <laughs> that game uh, on Sunday Night Football in the first half of the season, man, in some ways that feels like that was a whole other season ago for both these teams. Uh, it does. And, and, you know, honestly, the last three seasons almost feel like they all kind of blend together with COVID and it's like things start and stop. And then we've got this new COVID, not COVID related stoppage. And it's like, I don't remember when Joe Burrow threw 500 yards. Was that like three meetings ago, two meetings ago? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was the yeah. last, still last meeting in 2021. Sure you will, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think the other thing that's kind of crazy about this game too is that, um, you know, it's Cincinnati's first game action since the, the stoppage um, in Cincinnati. So those fans, I guess, will be back, so to speak, in the stadium. Um Justin, we were kind of wondering, like, I don't know if you've heard anything about from other fans, like their perspective of playing that game. Ultimately, if people want to play it because there's a chance of getting the second seed and things like that, you know, earning the division last week, things like that. Like, I guess, what's the reaction with um, potentially replaying the game or not? Um, So I I think most of us, at least Bengals fans and and all my friends here in town who are Chiefs fans, uh, (laughs) we we actually, we were just like, oh, certainly the NFL is just going to pick up the game here in a few minutes and just say, get out there and play. Like, I didn't even think the NFL would consider it knowing how the NFL is. Um, And, and, you know, as, as the game paused and, you know, uh, DeMar starts to recover in the hospital, it's, it, 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 it was like a, a moment of shock and then it took time to sink in. And now as the week has gone on, it feels like I'm fine not playing the game. I think most fans are in that boat. Um, and I know that it not playing it would take us out of the run for the number one seed, but to get that, you know, the chiefs have to lose to the Raiders who have obviously given up on the year and the bills would still have to lose to the Patriots who are, who are not the same. And it's, uh, you know, there's there's just so much involved that it's probably not worth playing it, um, at least from a Bengals fan point of view. And it's it almost feels like a free late bye week. You know, it was certainly traumatic for the players, but it's like we we got through week 17 without 
losing Joe Burrow to another knee injury. And it's like, so I think we're fine. Just like, we'll take the three seed. Um, the AFC North is, <laughs> I guess that would also, if it's not played technically come to the Bengals. Um, no one wants to win it that way or lose it that way, but it, it's, you know, there's, it's so late in the season. There's only so much you can do. And um, yeah, so we're, we're fine. Gener- in general, not playing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think even um, didn't Burrow come out and say something about just in terms of like, did some of the players want to even play in like week 18, right? Just because of, you know, mm-hmm. having to deal with kind of everything on the field. Um, I, I want to say like, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I kind of like in some ways hate to say this, but I feel like I, I, I feel like I should kind of acknowledge, you know, that like, I, I feel like, I, I do feel like Burrow is just like a really good dude. Um, and just like, <laughs> you know, obviously like there were, Tons of outpouring of support for Demar Hamlin from you know Bills from all over the NFL, um, and obviously you know it's you know I don't want to like I don't want to evangelize like too many other people because it, you know it's not about them in this sort of situation. But in, in terms of like stepping up for the leadership, you know, Justin, you, you brought up one thing about about the you know NFL and just kind of our default reaction is like the NFL would kind of like put their foot down and be like, okay, well, you got to have a game because we're the NFL and we have to have a game no matter what, you know? And um, just from some of the things that I kind of seen from the guys on the, you know, not only from like the the Bills coaching staff and the Bills players, but also from the Bengals, uh, particularly from Burrow, I thought um, just the leadership and just kind of like the humanity of like, you know, him going over to the Bills locker room to make, you know, check on the guys and and make sure that everything was okay. And it, it sounded like it was a very like, collaborative like i mean this is a a crazy traumatic event that everybody you know had had dealt with and to be able to step up in that moment and be like you know what like no like it's it's okay that we don't play this because we're here for demar right we're we're not here to play a game right now we're here to make sure that our brother's okay and um and even for you know for the the Bengals sidelines and and uh you know all the players over there including burrow too because you know it's not our brother but like you know, it, it, he kind of is our brother, right? It's like NFL mm-hmm. is kind of one big brotherhood. And, um, you know, like I said, part, part of me like kind of hates to, to say that, you know, it's a division rival and everything. But, you know, I, I, I wanted to say just like Burroughs, I think a really a player, I think for me is really hard to hate. Like sometimes like I really want to hate him because he's really good and he beats the Ravens like really badly. <laughs> and he's got that good amount of swagger to like it really hurts sometimes <laughs> you know what i mean but like as a like as a human being and as like you know as a leader of of people like i, I really have i really have a lot of respect for him i you know i think especially after you know this situation just like it doesn't matter i think he's just got a good head on his shoulders and and in all these like moments of of football and not football like Definitely has my respect. Yeah, and I, I think a big part of that is it just the Bengals and the Bills kind of have, uh, it's it's like what whatever the opposite of a rivalry is like. Just like even though they're both in the AFC, like they kind of have. Um, so for the longest time, they've had kind of a trade pipeline going. Like there's been you know not like splash big splash trades, but like well we need you know a, a fourth string tight end, and your team has one, and well we have this extra you know, third string cornerback you might want. And they just do a little swap. And then uh, it, the the game that somehow always works its way into our conversation where Andy Dalton with his fourth and 11 or so game winning uh, 
touchdown to to hurt you guys but the bills that brought them into the playoffs for the first time in 17 years and their fans donated <laughs> just hundreds of thousands of dollars to andy dalton's charity um and and so in return anytime there's like a, a charity drive like that the teams go back and forth there was the the devon still thing um a few years ago um if if you guys remember that the the player whose whose daughter had cancer and so there's been like this like ah we're rivals um but you know we we've ended up with this really weird but good relationship um and part of it is both teams had a very very long stretch of being bad um both teams have small markets and it and so it's just it was just kind of weird seeing that that was the first thing i thought of was well you know there's going to be tons of charity because we already have like this relationship between these two teams and it's just weird that that was the game where that happened it's a really cool story i mean it's it's always great when we see things like that go beyond the lines because uh i mean obviously we all care about our team winning our team you know getting all the trophies but uh, it's it's so much bigger than that. It's it's you know at its root, it's a way for us all to kind of get an escape from life and just uh, you know enjoy enjoy watching a, a sport play at a high level and, and have that excitement together. Um, so that's really cool. I, I didn't realize how close the Bengals and, and Bills fans were, but now that you mentioned it, I'm thinking back. Oh yeah, that all that did happen. So <laughs> that's pretty I, cool. Uh, I, I saw on Reddit uh, a Buffalo Bills fan uh, last year had painted a mural of all of the every Buffalo quarterback ever, like even going back to guys who were drafted, third string got cut, and as a tiny little Easter egg, he had Andy Dalton included in there as <laughs> in, in the corner. Just uh, just to throw that out there. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> um, I think one thing that's kind of fun about this game, so to speak, is that it's very likely if things go as sort of anticipated that the Ravens will be playing them again a week later in the wildcard round at Cincinnati. I, I was joking. Maybe they shouldn't even fly back. Like, <laughs> Just stay out there, uh, see, how, see how the games get played out at 4 o'clock, and then just uh, set up shop. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think... Um, that's an interesting part when you talk about scheme and, and how they're going to prepare for the game. It wouldn't surprise me at all if the Ravens like put out a little bit of a B team effort or just like they try out a couple things, but they're not really showing off. Like, I don't think they'll empty the vault, so to speak, to try to win this game, particularly if they don't have confirmation that the bills and Buffalo will have to play. Um, so like, you know, there's a, an honest chance of, of winning the division. I think with the way things are playing out, um, they're probably going to just take this opportunity to, to rest. And I know that's a little controversial and maybe they won't because this Ravens team really hasn't had a great game. I would say, honestly, probably our best performance all year was beating you guys <laughs> at home. <laughs> like it was a I good mean, game. Yeah. I mean, but it was like, that was like the, probably the best performance we put together all year um against like a good opponent and everything and, and and we've been really struggling since i mean just like sleepwalking the last couple of games with huntley at quarterback um he's totally regressed since what we saw last year at least um it just it's been really painful honestly um you know seeing guys open and, and not getting hit and just um kind of the reckless abandon that he he runs with and the way <laughs> just kind of way he plays like it's just been it's been kind of weird um watching him this year and I honestly think, um, you know, he was limited in practice this week, Tyler Huntley, with mm. the the shoulder uh, 
strain that he's been dealing with all season long, it sounds like. And I'm like, man, like for, at first I was like, I wonder if he's just like, it's going to be a nice, easy way for them to play Anthony Brown instead. Because I, I'm not confident Huntley is uh, in the Ravens' future plans next year. Like, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they bring in extra competition for that backup spot, you know, with Brown, et cetera. And we might move on at this point because I'm not sure. Like, we thought he was a good backup. I'm not even sure he's, like, the best backup we could have at this point. I, I, that's, like, how low I'm starting to get on him. So uh, maybe that's hyperbolic. Maybe the guys have something to say about that. But that's kind of what I'm wondering at this point is, are we even going to see him for the whole game? Or are we going to see some Anthony Brown? Yeah, I remember last year talking to you guys before the second game of the season it was we were talking about tyler huntley and i i mentioned like i liked him coming out of utah and i thought he was doing great in the preseason and uh although i think that Russian dude in that second game (laughs) yeah that's correct yeah so i so i didn't get to see him in action but you know kind of following him you know the end of last year and this year it's it is weird that it's not the same which is unfortunate because i know it's you don't want to be in a situation where it's you know Lamar or bust, and but now I would be curious to see what your what your third quarterback has, especially if it is a, another turnaround place in a week anyway. So I think it's such a an interesting decision for the Ravens because you know Anthony Brown again. Uh, this was a case of someone who like Huntley uh, looked good in the uh, in the preseason for the Ravens Um, honestly threw the ball better than Huntley Uh, Huntley is is way more mobile Brown if I remember correctly isn't terribly mobile uh, himself at all but it, it feels like a pretty big gamble in my opinion and I understand that that fans right now with the Ravens are are frustrated with Huntley are you know particularly with the games against Cleveland and, and Pittsburgh. But I, as much as it sounds crazy, I, I just don't know if, if, if you seriously want to still make a run for the Super Bowl if Lamar is, is out, or, or you're just going to hope that we win the wild card and Lamar's back in the divisional round or sometime later. I don't know. I think you got to go with someone who's actually started NFL games at this point in their career. Um, and if you pool Huntley in this game I, I I question if that might mess with his psyche some I don't know Huntley so I, I can't respond at all with how he would respond to that I think everyone would respond differently in that situation but I think the team has to rally around him uh, I know Alec and Chris were, were not terribly happy that Mark Andrews did just that in uh, his press conference uh, last week after the game but I mean I, I seriously think that's where the Ravens are right now is uh this is this is the guy uh he's with Lamar out he's their best sh- shot at, at a quarterback even though week in and week out we're just not seeing the production that we saw during that couple game stretch in 2021 so it's not something you feel great about but I, th- I think it's the Ravens best shot and they're just gonna have to continue to find ways to really re- rely on the running game and and do what you did with Trent Dilfer just in a league that's very much different than that time and only throw the ball in situations where uh you're giving him a a high percentage play of what he can do given his skill set 
Hey, I just want to come in and just, I sat it with you, Peter. <laughs> just yeah, I like, All right. Sorry. Sorry. I, I'm but, sorry uh, to lump you into that. that. <laughs> I thought no, I was I on mean, an like, island. Yeah. No, no. Well, no, I mean, I mean, you're right in the like, yes. Like, I mean, have I been frustrated with Huntley and his play the last couple of weeks? Like, yes. And yeah. and do I think. Like, oh, and me too, for what it's worth. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, you know, and for what it's worth, I mean, Alex, you know, question at the top is more of like, you know, as far as like plans next year, like, I think it's. I think it would be totally reasonable for the Ravens to consider another bringing in another quarterback, um, you know, late late round pick, mid round pick, you know, somebody um, as an upgrade, you know, somebody like a you know Tyrod Taylor was six round pick, right, something like that. Um, I think it's totally reasonable to do that, uh, in my opinion. But yeah, as far as this year, like, I don't know. I mean, the Ravens do some weird, like, you know, forty chess and you know, lack of you know information as far as like the injury report and to you know, his Lamar playing, well, you know, he might have a chance and then he doesn't like, I get that there's some strategic value, I guess, in, in doing that, even though I don't really agree with it. <laughs> but I, I think in this situation, like even if the Ravens and Bengals were going to play in the wild card round, I, I just don't, I just don't think that, I don't think it's worth the Ravens to try to do like this weird, like, okay, we're going to play Brown. So you guys don't see Huntley. And then you end up seeing Huntley next week in the wild. Like, I just don't think that's going to like, I, I guess it wouldn't shock me. What I'm saying is like, given like all the <laughs> weird strategic like stuff that they might want to do. But I, I just, I kind of agree with Peter here. Like don't mess with the psyche. Like the team's got to rally around somebody got to try to build on it for better or worse. Like this is what we got. It's going to work until it doesn't. Uh, yeah, you might as well just put out Huntley there. I, the thing with Brown too is like, look, like if the Ravens thought that he was a better chance, like he'd get a little bit more playing time. I did like what I saw from Brown in that Steelers game. I thought he played well in that one drive. He stood up in the pocket, and you know it was a tough situation. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, but like extended time, that's a big question mark, and I'm not convinced that you know, he can come in and automatically be a better passer. Um, especially if we're talking about like not as good of a runner as Huntley and, you know, sure. You know, we've, we've wanted to see, a, you know, some, a little bit better decision-making from Huntley, particularly like, you know, when to hand off or, or when to run and when to take chances. But if you don't even have that element in Brown's game, that's a huge risk, like, um, in any game. So yeah, stick with Huntley. Um, hopefully, yeah, I mean, obviously, Hopefully he's healthy. Um, can play in. He's kind of been battling through a few injuries the last couple of weeks anyway. Um, so you know, I'm assuming he's going to be there. But uh, but yeah, just gotta stick with him. I think the thing that's interesting is um, there are reports today that the Ravens are confident Lamar will be able to play in the wild card round. And uh, there's also Lamar liking people's messages of being like you're going to roast people in the playoffs, like you're going to be ready. So like maybe. Uh, you know, the comeback is for real, you know, never, never doubt the Instagram likes. Uh, but, uh, I will say that, um, you know, if I'm reading the tea leaves, I legitimately think the Ravens thought that he'd be ready by, by Christmas, that that was a real report. The real reason he wasn't on IR. And then like, I think his recovery stalled a bit. I think his recovery stalled. I think that, you know, it just wasn't quite there. And it's been like that for a couple of weeks now. And, Perhaps it's a little crazy for them to have confidence that next week it'll be better. But um, I don't know. Like, maybe it's something Lamar said. He's like, you know what? Like, I'm going to give it my go. Like, you're going to activate me for the playoffs no matter what. Like, I'll give it my go. And I'd rather, you know, deal with the repercussions in the offseason than, than not play with my guys in the, the playoffs. 
that could be very well the reason for these reports. And like, y'all, like, I know that there's practice, but like, doesn't mean he's not doing things. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you might not be at practice, but uh, he might be practicing. So, you could be I don't know. Madden. You know, Madden the whole time, looking at coverages and, you know, on the <laughs> surface tablet. Tyler Murray training. Bro, regiments. all I'm saying is, if our <laughs> if our offense degrades to Lamar spamming Mark Andrews in Madden and uh, running around for his <laughs> life and using J.K. Dobbins and Gus Bus, I, I think we're, we're Super Bowl bound. Like, <laughs> the, the Madden <laughs> offense, I think, could work. <laughs> Until proven otherwise. But to get back to Cincinnati, I want to ask you, Justin. <laughs> I want to ask you. Uh, I know that you guys lost your right tackle about two weeks ago. How has the replacement been doing? And uh, like overall pass protection for Burrow the last uh, you know several weeks, so to speak. Uh, so as a unit, uh, I know the first time we met many many moons ago, the they were still having trouble with sacks allowed, and I was pretty optimistic that they were just you know, getting into the rhythm. And it seems that that's the case. Um, they've, they've done a lot better. Uh, then with Lael Collins going down for the year with a, with a torn ACL, um, his replacement, uh, Hakeem Adeniji, he was one of the starters in the Super Bowl last year at that position. So he's not the best, but he has solid experience, like starting in the Super Bowl, even when it was, you know, the unit that allowed seven sacks, like, you know, he's going to be, not like he's going to be out there lost. So it's it's a downgrade, but I, I'm not as worried. Like last year, we had maybe one good offensive lineman, and so it was like uh, this year there's you know four others who have been doing a fantastic job. So it's it's a weakness, but it's not it's not going to break anything. It's not going to revert them to the you know the nine sack divisional win that they managed to pull out. So. It, it, way more healthy than than a lot of other offensive lines are for this time in the season. So it's I'm I'm confident we'll be all right. I think another thing I wanted to talk about with the Bengals and it's kind of in relation to the offensive line um, uh, because I mean, gosh, since that Cleveland game on Halloween night, where I, I still don't <laughs> understand how you guys lost that game so bad. That, that one was so weird. But since then, it's kicked off a seven-game win streak for you guys. I mean, last year, you guys were limping. I don't want to say limping into the playoffs, but, you yeah, know, it was like, I, you, you were not firing on all cylinders like like this is. Um, and this is a stretch of games that I, I thought you guys would have at least two losses in this. For you guys to blitz through this whole schedule, including wins against uh, Kansas City, New England, uh, even Tennessee and Tampa, even though, you know, they haven't been as good this year, still <laughs> competent. Um, I, I mean, what's been the difference between this year and, and, and last year that has this team, uh, tighter for lack of a better term? Is it simply just, uh, burrow another year and, you know, it's just a slightly better offensive line, uh, defense, like What's been different that has kind of turned this team into a good from a good team to a great one? I, I think the the biggest difference that you know is is never going to get as much credit as it deserves is the offensive line. It's just you know mm-hmm. having an extra half a second really matters more than most people realize. I mean, in the Super Bowl, the final play when Burrow was trying to pull something out on fourth down, if he had another half a second, Jamar Chase was working his way open, and so when you get five all-stars compared to, you know, four 
scrubs and one decent guy, it's, you know, you get at least a half a second and it, it makes a big difference. And then the defense, um, uh, I, I think I mentioned it earlier in the season uh, when, when we had the first podcast is that they were good. They were a good scoring defense, good red zone defense, but they didn't have a lot of takeaways. And, uh, and I think that was the next level that they were trying to get to. Uh, and that really became apparent in the Tampa Bay game when, you know, Tom Brady put them down 17, nothing, you know, in the first quarter. And then they ended up, uh, two picks and two turnovers on Tom Brady in the second half to roll off 34 straight points. It's like, that's just that extra little X factor that they didn't have earlier in the year of, of getting the takeaways, forcing the fumbles, bad throws. That's made a, a, a huge difference as well. So it, it, you realize in the NFL, the difference between going, you know, nine and nine and eight and 11 and six can just be, you know, a couple of tiny things that make massive differences. Oh, don't forget to mention that Tyler Huntley's in the Pro Bowl. So, <laughs> fourth all <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, right. We're still not sure how that happened. Yeah. Well, um. that was, did we ever mention it on the show? I think um, uh, listener Calvin uh, mentioned how that worked, right? Uh, yeah. So, I don't think we mentioned it on the show if you want to tell him, Peter. Well, I don't remember all the details. So, I'm trying to see if anyone did. Oh, I remember it. So, basically, it was <laughs> okay. like, Everyone votes like all the players vote for their guy um, just to like make sure that they give votes and like not to mess up, I guess, so to speak, um, or like they, vote, they all vote for their guy, number one, but then not to mess things up, they'll vote for somebody like sort of irrelevant. And I guess the assumption is a lot of people picked Tyler Huntley <laughs> as the irrelevant guy so much so that he got catapulted to the uh, to that spot because, uh, you know, he wasn't winning any fan votes. So like it, it's just the Pro Bowl is a mess. Like. I appreciate fan votes, but the fan votes are just based off of like name recognition. So that's not that great. The players all vote for themselves. So like it, it might as well just be the all pro, like the all pro is really what matters. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you guys will indulge me, I know we've been talking a lot about your offense I, and I'm not against going back to it, but I think there's something really interesting going on with your defense. Um, so the last time we spoke, DJ reader was on IR. It looks like he's mm-hmm. back in mm-hmm. business. Uh, similarly, we talked about how Cam Taylor Britt was not really getting many snaps, but Awuzie got hurt, so now he's the starter. And last but not least, Dax Hill, your first round pick. Um, I don't know if you guys are raging like we are about our second round pick at Ojabo not getting snaps, but uh, very underutilized. He basically filled in for Bates uh, when he was hurt that one game, but otherwise has been relatively underutilized, um, at least on the defensive side of the ball, with occasional snaps on uh, special teams. So, kind of curious how those. Um, players have been returning from injury and uh, uh, how their roles have been going so far. Yeah. So the, the rookies, uh, Cam Taylor Britt, he came in, you know, he was always second corner this year and he's made a few rookie mistakes, but he's been a lot better than we expected him uh, to be given his, his draft position and and roster position. Um, You know, on the flip side, Dax Hill, he's, it was always planned for, Jesse Bates to be the starter and Dax to kind of fill in and take over a bit at Nickelback at times if he needed to. Um, and, and realistically, Lou Rumo just doesn't like making substitutions unless someone's tired or hurt. Um, he, he really likes leaving, uh, you know, Jesse Bates up there at safety to kind of quarterback the defense and 
you know, he gets into a flow. It's, you know, obviously not as obvious as a Joe Burrow flow where it's just everything going, but, you know, and you see the defense get three, three and outs in a row. A lot of that is, um, uh, is uh, Bates standing back there and, and making sure that people are where they need to be. And it's the old phrase, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, and so it is frustrating to see your first round pick that when he gets in makes really well made and capable plays but Bates is also you know pretty superstar material so it's it's like you know putting the pie in the fridge to eat later because you have cake now um Cam Taylor Britt was more thrown into the fire due to injury and he's uh, you know I I wanted him to start over Eli Apple to be honest in the beginning but well we're stuck with Eli Apple now and uh, <laughs> he's I think he got burned by Mark Andrews in the in the first game we played. Like he just he can't cover anybody. But I, I'll stop going off on Eli Apple. Um, <laughs> but yeah, having DJ Reader back, that's it's you know the the run defense and his fill in Josh Tupou were, were really good. And it's like now it's it's just everyone you could imagine. And there's uh, you know he he came back and then Trey Hendrickson broke his wrist and was out for a couple weeks and he's back now. But Sam Hubbard. Um, was out with a calf injury, and I think he's going to be back this week. He was he was a full participant in practice today. So this, aside from Awuzie with uh, with a torn ACL, this you know is going to be one of the healthiest defenses uh, that you face this weekend. So uh, we'll see we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I know for me, um, like you said, Justin Hendrickson, I think is the guy that I've been keeping my eye on. Um, I know, you know, Ravens definitely have had some issue with him. Um, I think I said it on, you know, previous pod of just, I've been really shocked at how well he's been playing for you guys uh, since you got him from New Orleans last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to me, like he's, I mean, he's the equivalent of like a, you know, a TJ Watt and, um, you know, the Ravens. Although, you know, TJ didn't take over uh, the game, at least on the stat sheet. Uh, against the game last time. I mean, he did have that sack, which is pretty huge. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, historically, I think he's just sort of taken over games uh, against the Ravens. Hendrickson, to me, is like he's at that level of a player. Um, he can definitely wreck games, and he has uh, against the Ravens. Um, how I mean, how has he looked coming back from injury? I mean, is he still kind of uh, ramping up? Because I know it was, his, um, it was his wrist, right, or his hand? Yeah, his left wrist. Um, I know... Uh... I, he had like one of the like a club on it the first game back. Um, I didn't see what he was wearing in Buffalo. I'm not sure what he still because a broken wrist, so it's got some mobility. I'm not sure where and how bad it yeah. was, but I don't know if he'll have the club or not. But it hasn't really seemed to affect him. Uh, he's 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 definitely still getting all the pressure in there, and he um, it was um, I, oh it was it was against Mahomes. Um, that was, I think that was the game before he got hurt. He was just, it was like, he was, it seemed like he was spying Mahomes, even though that wasn't his position. Cause he was just really good at contain. He's, he's got the, the mentality of the correct pursuit angles so he can keep the outside walled off while still keeping pressure. And it was giving Mahomes fits. So I, I assume that he'll, you know, be, be doing that same thing on, on Tyler Huntley. Um, assuming Lamar Jackson has no shot this week, um, I'm guessing, but, but yeah, that's so it, it, it hasn't slowed him down, um, other than, 
uh, I, d- I don't know how it feels to play with that on your hand. It's got to do something, but you don't notice it. Yeah, and, and I think when you bring up right there is, is another uh, thing that makes us uh, question what the Ravens' uh, offensive game plan is going to be against this Bengals defense, um, whether it's <laughs> you know not showing enough or or even trying to do something because this offense uh, we haven't we haven't scored more than one touchdown in a game with Huntley behind center this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see where we attack your defense. I think we're regardless, it was great to see Mark Andrews get back on track uh, this past game. Uh, he did have 100 yards receiving, could have had more, uh, could have had more every game this year. It was just interesting this with all the great connection that Huntley had with Mark Andrews last year that uh, really until the past two weeks that was just missing. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, Andrews, I think, had a pretty pedestrian game for his standing uh, when we played you guys earlier. Um, how's the coverage for against the tight end been for you guys this year? I know you guys held Kelsey to a pretty modest game when you guys played the Chiefs, but um, outside of that, has that been pretty much the same? Has that been a positional matchup the Bengals have had locked down this year? Um, yeah, not, not necessarily due to like a positional matchup. Just uh, the the one weakness, you know, due to injuries in the in the rookie playing would be uh, the the Patriots were working on exploiting it under back attempt is the ten yard receiver outs at the sticks. Um, just the corners, they're they're leaving a little bit out there, and that's kind of where Kelsey's bread and butter is is uh, getting like the skinny posts or the skinny flags to the outside. And so in the, in the chiefs game, I think they just, they shut him down just by letting, um, uh, I know they had Logan Wilson on him in coverage at one point, Jermaine Pratt, the linebacker. Um, they, with Kelsey, it was kind of like, just, you know, if he comes into your zone, you step him. Um, we'll leave some of the other stuff open. And so, so I forget who new England's tight end is this year. He obviously wasn't a factor, but um, but it is like the 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 mid range outs are where the defense is going to leave open, and so you know Mark Andrews, I think he he likes that as well. But if he's going to try a fly up the middle or even a drag uh, across to the inside, they're they're going to be on that. Just the interior is so so tight and so stacked in there. One thing I noticed as well, um, you know, when we last played you guys, the Ravens hadn't started using Hamilton as their slot corner. Uh, kind of since shortly thereafter they they figured out like oh we're gonna get this guy on the field a lot by using him as a slot corner and I know that um, Dax Hill was kind of viewed as a potential sl- slot corner player as well so I was like who's stopping him who's blocking him and I guys remember, remember you guys got Mike Hinton uh, who's the previous slot corner for the um, Steelers and the guy that I kind of like the Ravens maybe draft or not uh, not drafting but like picking up in free agency themselves um, I guess has he been playing well as well yeah um, I was very happy with with him as a pickup, um, despite him being a, a stealer. Um, and you know, this year he's, he's definitely stepped it up. He, um, he came out for the victory formation in the game against the Steelers. Cause he wanted to be there running back against his old team just to, just to take <laughs> a knee, just to show him. Um, but oh, he, yeah, so that he's, he's the type who has fun out there and he, uh, he, he doesn't have, I think he might have one interception this year. I don't recall, but he, he's, he's a, a good pass defender. He doesn't really go for the pick, but he's he's got good technique. 
Um, so that's, I, you know, he's, I would, I would definitely leave him on the field before Dax Hill. That's cool though. That, yeah, he's been playing well. Another, another guy, like guy I want to talk about that is kind of coming back from injury as well is, um, Jamar Chase. Uh, he was, um, out for a while with the hip injury and, um, seems like he's been his same old, same old self. Any, any other things to report? No, he's, uh, he's still kind of a catch machine and he had, I think, 10 grabs for 90 yards two weeks ago. Um, and that was considered generally a little bit of a slow game for him. Um, he's, he's, he's passed in the stats this year by T Higgins, just by virtue of being out, but they're within a hundred yards receiving of each other. So he's, he, he's, I'm still missing the, the big plays um, where he just takes off and doesn't get covered. But I think defenses figured that out, but he's still been um, just some of the sideline catches really showing off, the, you know, his, his ball handling skills, you know, the toe tap on the, the sideline. Uh, and so it's, that's been an adjustment, but he's, you know, he, he took his time coming back. Obviously he took an extra week longer than we thought. And he's, he picked up right where he left off. Yeah. It's actually sort of astonishing. His yards per target this year is way down. Uh, he is, he's only seven short of the targets that he had last year, which is honestly somewhat surprising given the injury. But, um, Lots of targets this year just hasn't had the explosiveness it seems. Yeah, but it's it's just the you know they figured out a way around it and and the Bengals came up with a new scheme to make it work. But from what I remember, I just offensive production in the NFL in general is down a little bit this year. So maybe that's part of it too. Maybe he's just yeah. part of a bigger trend and and I shouldn't worry so much. Yeah, that's right. So all of us Ravens fans, we shouldn't worry that the Ravens, you know. Don't pass touchdown passes to the receivers. Passing's down all, all across the NFL. Come on, guys. What are we worrying about? Justin, I don't know if you know this, but like <laughs> the Ravens pass, like wide receivers get like maybe five targets a game. Like it's kind of astonishing. I've heard, um, and, and you guys were real excited about Rashad Bateman this year, but I know. Oh, man. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he did tease us with some, some big plays early in the year. Scored. 30 was it 36 38 points against Miami yeah like no he had huge uh, games against, against Miami New England big big touchdown catch against the Jets uh and then uh, you know had some consistency issues but I mean it, it was looking like he was going to be at least you know a, a, a solid number one um but yeah that foot injury I just put a damper on it we're gonna have to wait till year three Yikes. And Duvernay was having a good season too. And then he broke his foot or something in practice. So uh, just like uh, the wheels totally fell off on the offensive uh, wide receiver group. And we're basically trying out there the 2015 like pro bowlers of Sammy (laughs) Watkins and uh, Deshaun Jackson and, uh, and Demarcus Robinson. I I remember last, last (laughs) year it was running backs. You guys couldn't, you know, it was JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards. And I forget who you ended up with you know, rotating and this year it's Tavious receivers. Yeah. And, uh... This year it's receivers and <laughs> oof. Bad luck. Yeah. It's very it's yeah. it's very disappointing. Yeah. You can see a path if you squint, like you can see a path of like how this past game could could look decent with Lamar, but like losing these wide receivers is kind of corresponding with Lamar's injury as well. At least like Duvernay. Um so like it's just been it's just been really tough. And um you know I mean Lamar barely ever passed to to Jackson. He had that one big pass, um, I guess against Jacksonville in his last game. Uh, but, uh, he's, he hasn't passed to Sammy Watkins since last year and like, <laughs> you know, things like that. So 
we'll see um, if they're able to kind of utilize these pieces in the playoffs. Um, if, if Lamar is able to come back and, and make something out of nothing, but uh, it's, it's pretty bleak. So I think it uh, doesn't really matter who your corners are. It sounds like they're decent. Uh, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> They're going to be covering like uh, some uh, old hamstrings. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, speaking of corners, though, I think going back to um, how the Ravens are going to match up in this game, uh, another matchup that'll be interesting to see, we're talking about the Ravens' defense, is is what Brandon Stevens is able to do. Um, I think Marcus Peters was back on the practice field this week, but again, we're talking about are they really going to go out there and and risk uh, and put Marcus Peters out there before the playoffs uh, in a game where, you know, they it sounds it's seeming more and more like the division won't be up for grabs. So um, that would seem to mean we're going to see more of Brandon Stevens who played well last week uh, in shutting down George Pickens, but can he do it again? And uh, you know, George Pickens has had a great rookie year, but all due respect to him, I think Jamar Chase and T Higgins are, are definitely a step up. So I looking at that, that's something I think it's going to be really interesting to look at. Um, And of course, Marlon Humphrey too, Marlon Humphrey, for the most part this year, has been all pro. He's voted to the Pro Bowl again, highly deserved. But we know that last time he went up against Jamar Chase, uh, it was not good. Not very good, uh, at least for, for us. For Justin, it was good. But um, So I think yeah, really, um, I think the secondary has a great shot of performing well against the Bengals. But uh, there's definitely a path where the Bengals could put up quite a bit of passing yards as well. Um, so... We'll look at that, and you know, Ravens also have Marcus Williams in this game, which they didn't have last time. Uh, he's been uh, when he's been out there. Unfortunately, he had that hand injury for a little bit, but uh, he's been patrolling center field quite well. So I think the the matchup between the secondary is going to be uh, very different than it was uh, last year in that second game for certain. I mean, it couldn't have been worse there with all the injuries the Ravens had. But the big matchup we're looking at here, I think, will be. Brandon Stevens against, um, I mean, any of those three, uh, he could line up against, I could say, uh, Chase, Boyd, or Higgins. Yeah, I'd say for me, I I feel like the Ravens would probably keep Marlowe on Chase most of the game. Um, If I recall, I think that's what they did for for the first matchup this year. Um, But yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point, Peter. I was uh, thinking Marcus Peters might get back a little bit. Um, Yeah, I guess I could see him being held out this game, but I also like would like to Maybe you see him have a couple of snaps, but uh, but yeah, Brandon Stevens has been playing pretty well. Definitely looking forward to him uh, to see what he can bring, and and Marcus Williams as well. Um, he's been having, I think Marcus has been having a little bit of a down couple of games since he's kind of come back. But um, you know, would like to kind of see him uh, nab another interception before the end of the year. I think that would be pretty nice. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you know one well, one guy I think who kind of wouldn't see how he does is uh Hayden Hurst as well uh he's been injured mm-hmm. I think for the last couple of weeks I think uh but I think he should be back um it'll be interesting to see kind of I guess he'd be up on Roquan and, and maybe Clark for most of the game but uh you know I'd be kind of curious to see um how the Ravens want to match up against him yeah I think um that kind of ties into something I want to talk about as well we can imagine that Hayden Hurst will be covered by uh, the likes of Kyle Hamilton, you know, he's kind of the slot tight end killer. But um, if you looked at it, uh, 30% of the time, the uh, Chase or Higgins find themselves in the slot as well, which could be a really big mismatch against a guy like um, like like uh, Kyle Hamilton. And like I could see like 
this could be the game where Marlowe cover like shifts into the slot. Um, and they like swap off uh, or they bring in Stevens more often as a slot. So I would keep an eye out for snap usage, um, particularly if they have the availability of uh, Peters on the outside. And if not, you know, look for that maybe next week. One last thing we want to look at um, uh, just how the Ravens use the running backs. Uh, it was quite interesting last week. We talked about it that, uh, the Ravens chose to uh, basically leave Gus Edwards out of the game. Uh, only three carries for two yards. Uh, that's something that we know can't happen going forward. Uh, I do think, you know, Dobbins is certainly the more explosive back, but there's certainly matchups where we see that, that Edwards uh, does have a little bit more success. And quite frankly, with all the injuries, he's the number three playmaker on, on offense, really, <laughs> behind you know, you could put Dobbins or Andrews number one, but uh, Edwards is clearly number three after that. So, um, that'll be interesting. And then also, I wouldn't be shocked if we see Edwards get more carries this game than Dobbins. Just again, manage Dobbins' injury workload going into uh, the playoffs. But um, yeah, if we're talking about how this this Ravens offense can be successful without Lamar, uh, it's got to include Gus Edwards in the equation. And I think all fans know that. Hopefully, the coaching staff knows that. Hopefully, Hardball remembers that he can uh, <laughs> let let uh, Roman know that he's the head coach and he can put Edwards in if Edwards isn't getting carries. But uh, yeah, hopefully, we see uh, a big game uh, carries wise from Gus, or at least let's put it this way on, on pace with what he had been doing this year. Yeah, I think it's going to be an overcorrection game as well. I could definitely see uh, more snaps for 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 Gus. Harbaugh put a nice little uh, sticky note on Roman's window that says <laughs> "Use Gus." <laughs> Oh man, it'd be hilarious <laughs> if he had like a, a plethora of sticky notes up there. It'd be so funny. He might. I'll have to yeah, take a look like at the reflection screen. Is <laughs> like there's, a crumpled up, there's a crumpled up one on the floor that he didn't <laughs> see. He picks it up, says, use Gus. He's like, oh, that's what I missed. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, no, we should uh, we should move on. I think we can uh, go over to our bold predictions, score predictions. Justin, as always, the guest. Uh, first dibs, you want to go or do uh, you want to defer? Um, I, I guess I'll go. Uh, so I, I picked the, the Ravens to win every single time I've been on. Uh, I'm going to pick the Bengals this time. I'm going to, I'm going to say Bengals 24, 16 is my, my score prediction. My bold prediction. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Burrow hits 400 yards passing. All right. I'll go next. Um, I think that this is going to be a, a low-scoring affair. And we said, you know, going into this game in the pre- our previous episode, the, the spread is pretty heavy in Bengals' favor, minus seven. Um, looks like it'll be a little bit high for a divisional game, again, where both teams don't want to show too much. Uh, I'd love for the Ravens to win, even though I don't know if, how much it'll matter. But I do think the Bengals will... Uh, be able to squeeze it out 17 to 13. Uh, my bold prediction, though, will be that uh, Marcus Williams will get a pick in this game and he'll take one to the house. All right. Uh, I'll go next. Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Uh, been a little bit in a doom and gloom kind of uh, <laughs> mood the last couple of weeks. We're just seeing the offense implode a little bit. Gosh, man. Um, yeah. I, I think I might have to go with the Bengals for this one too. Um, hate to do it, but offense right now just really can't put up enough points. And while the defense is playing well, I don't know. I just I don't know if I see them uh, p- 
picking up this one, especially if we're going to be playing again at the same exact stadium, the same exact team next week. So, um, yeah, I'll pick the Bengals for this one. Uh, I'll say, say 24, 20, 20, 24, 13, 24, 13 Bengals. Um, Justin, I think you're being generous with 16. No, I was, you know, that would be a lot for, <laughs> for the Justin Tucker. That's not, uh, that's, what, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, assuming we can get him in a field goal range, but anyway, uh, yeah, 24, 13, um, bold prediction. I, you know what? I agree with you guys. I think Gus Edwards is going to be, it's going to be an overcorrection. I think he's going to hit a hundred yards, but, um, I don't think he's going to finish with a, a touchdown. So, um, yeah, that's my bold. All right. Make sure you get that in there. hundred yards, but no touchdown. So he gets a touchdown at bus. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know if I've got a single uh, single game parlay this year uh, <laughs> since it's been legal. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if I didn't get it. Did I tell you guys? <laughs> no, this was after the last time we talked. I uh, I made a five dollar bet on DraftKings and won four hundred bucks. Hey, nice. I, I did this. I, I did this crazy parlay back in like week twelve, where I just picked five underdogs who were at least uh, plus a hundred on the money line, and it was like uh, I think that was when the Lions beat the Vikings out of nowhere. I was like, yeah, pick it. Just like, I'll throw five bucks on this one, and boom, there's some Christmas money. Well done. We love it. There you go. That's that's always fun. I say always fun like I've done it. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) My parlays, I always get overambitious. I always have, like, the one leg that that brings me under. It's always uh, the one leg. They're like, well, this is a guaranteed one, so I'll throw this in just to really... Yeah, it's always the one that you you feel the best about that busts you. It yeah, is, the Chiefs will beat the Colts. Yeah, put that in there. <laughs> Listener Mark's been pretty good about this one bet. He said it's hit almost every week except for one. Of uh, he takes like the five biggest spreads and bets the money line on all those teams in a parlay. Yeah, and it, it like doubles. It's not like crazy, but it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I did that with like only the spreads I thought were big enough last week, so it was only two teams. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally hit. So, anyways, um, I'll go to my bold prediction here. Here, so let's paint. Let's paint the picture. We already did our picks before this for the first time in in history. So, I've locked myself in to say that, that Baltimore covers. How do they do this? I think that they uh, lose. So, Bengals twenty three seventeen. I think that the Bengals or the Ravens score. Uh, I think that's like tied with the most amount of points they scored in the Huntley era. Seventeen points. Which would suggest two touchdowns or an a traditional two point converge, but um, I'm going to go ahead and say that there is a touchdown, and it's going to be a breakaway JK run. It's going to be the first glimpse of the, the part of the formula we need for this historic playoff run that I am like concocting and willing into the universe. So JK Dobbins hits that third gear for the first time all season and runs away from the defense for a touchdown. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset going into the playoffs as the sixth seed because I feel like Jacksonville is suddenly dangerous, and I wouldn't want to be the five seed going up against you know uh, that where you're like, oh, AFC South. But, Jacksonville might be dangerous, but I, I think you're underselling your team. I'd rather not go against the third or the second or the first seed. Oh, okay, <laughs> touche. <laughs> I would say like you're right, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it, it's definitely um a very good afc make for a great box set for a team 
Um, although I think whoever gets the seven seed, unless it's unless it's Miami, it's probably gonna get slapped. And even Miami could get slapped. And it's just like, why does the seven seed exist? Every year they're like a joke. I just hope it's not the Steelers again. The Steelers always Miami, find a way. <laughs> the Steelers are always in the playoff <laughs> somehow. I'm just come yeah. on. The cockroach of the Steelers. <laughs> I, I know, man. We we tried. We tried. We just couldn't couldn't finish out last week. I wanted so badly to knock them out of knock them out of the playoff contention. But I know I was torn between rooting for that or for for them holding you guys back in the north. And so I, I wasn't unhappy either way, but. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Somehow, I somehow they're still in it. They somehow snuck in last year, and like, come on, just for once, screw up. <laughs> but thanks so much for uh, coming on, Justin. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's uh, interesting later in the week doing these. If we had done, you know, this podcast this late in the week last year, we would have been able to talk more about Josh Johnson. But what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. I know there is, there are pros and cons of recording a little bit later in the week, but uh, we're glad we were able to make it happen. Um, and we're hoping that, uh, you know, week 18 is a, a smooth week for the NFL and, and honestly the rest of the year. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's going to have the typical rivalry feel to it after everything that went down with the Bengals and bills. I think it'll be a fairly, I mean, most Bengals Ravens games are, it's, it's not a nasty rivalry, but it's going to be, you know, let's, Let's just be a little nicer than normal. Well, thanks for uh, listening to the show, guys. You can find us on YouTube at One Winning Pod. And you can also find us on Twitter at One Winning Pod. And uh, we'll have a history corner this week. I don't know. Are you going to do history during the playoffs? Or is this the last history corner? So, actually, I was not going to do history corner uh, this week because my topic was going to be uh, top games where the division was on the line. Uh, the division may or may not be on the line, so kind of stealing the thunder for that. So I'm figuring, you know what, it's been a fun thing. We're just going to uh, cap it a week early uh, this year. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. we'll see what new wrinkle we'll add to the YouTube channel next year. Sounds good. Well... That's all good. We'll uh, be putting up the picks episode as well. So make sure to check that out if you haven't um, already watched it. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk about this game and uh, I guess whoever we're playing in the playoffs. Go Ravens. <laughs>